Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or Sleepnumber.com. We would like to start off our show by acknowledging the Yugambeh people, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We would like to pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Excuse me, I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations with everyday people, professionals, and public figures who all have something to say. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and you can join me every fortnight as we dig a little bit deeper into our shared human experience. You can join in on our conversations by heading over to the show's official pages and sending me a DM. You can share with me your own experiences, opinions, and feedback on the show over on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuseme underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook if you search Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say, or through our official website, excuseme, I Have Something to Say.com. And don't forget that you can rate and leave a review of the show, which is going to help our conversations reach a wider audience. And remember to share, like, and subscribe so that you never have to miss a show. Hello guys, how are you all? I hope that you've been keeping yourselves well, uh, looking after each other this holiday season. So this week's episode, if you haven't guessed it yet, is our holiday special. And this year, we're having a creepy Christmas. We will be looking at some of the strange and truly terrifying holiday traditions from around the world. But if you'll excuse me, before we do that, I do have something to say. Firstly, I wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you who have listened to and followed the show You have no idea how humbled I am to know that there are people out there all over the world who have embraced this little podcast and that make a choice to give up their time and listen when we release episodes. Um, Secondly, after careful consideration, we've decided to take a bit of a break. Now, I know we normally take a break at the end of the year and into um, the start of the next year, but... This year, we have one more great episode coming for you after this one. Before, excuse me, I have something to say wraps for another year and we take an indefinite rest. This was not an easy decision to come to and I'll share more on that in the final episode of the show. But for now, the show must go on. And so wherever you are in the world, pour yourself a drink. 
I recommend something festive for this episode. Pull up a seat and get comfy as we have ourselves a spooky little Christmas. The festive season is a time to be jolly and revel in holiday traditions that our families have celebrated for years. We even spread Christmas cheer by singing loud and clear for all to hear. From Christmas carols to Krampus, the Yule Cat to the malevolent goblin from Southern Europe, we've got the tea on all these spooky traditions and more for you. There are a lot of holiday traditions that we all know, but do we know where they come from? Let's start with a good old Christmas caroling, a tradition witnessed all over the world. You know, the one when you can hear them coming. I've never been a fan of Christmas caroling. I find it really cringy, but uh, hats off to those of you out there who do it and who love it. I'm pretty sure I've only ever been subjected to carolers once. So one white wintry Christmas when I first moved back to England, I think it would have been Christmas 1997 or 1998. We were having Christmas at my Irish Nana's house in Leicester in England. um, And the carolers came to the door and my sweet little Nana lover she gently opened the door and kindly told told the carolers to feck off uh at the (laughs) at least that's how I remember it but uh that's definitely definitely my nana's style so caroling is a tradition that can be traced way back to the 1800s so before the 19th century people would go from door to door making noise, playing instruments and drinking with the expectation that they would be invited inside for some food and some more booze. Our OG carolers would also have fun with fashion. They would cross-dress or dress up as animals and then do obscene acts on your front lawn. I know it uh, sounds a lot like trick-or-treating as we know it, right? Minus the obscene act um but yeah so it sounds like trick-or-treating and it sure does if the trick led to horrifying acts of violence there are even accounts of those carolers stealing people's stuff um ruining their livelihoods if you didn't have enough booze or money to go around oh and did i mention the lyrics these people were not wishing you a merry christmas or a happy new year um, there was a little darker than that. Um, so here are some of the lyrics that people would sing. I don't know the tune, so um, I'm just going to say it. But here we go. We have come to claim our right. And if you don't open up your door, we'll lay you flat upon the floor. I mean, it's creative, right? Um, or what about this holiday classic? Come, butler, draw us a bowl of the best. Then we hope your soul in heaven shall rest. But if you draw us a bowl of the small, then down will come butler, bowl and all. So thankfully, caroling has come a long way since the 19th century. Um, But whether it has evolved into a better tradition, I'll let you decide. But for me, my jury is still out on that one. 
So next on our list this creepy Christmas is one some of y'all might know. As a few years ago, this horned beastly figure from Austro-Bavarian folklore tried to give old Saint Nick a run for his money when he made his Hollywood debut in a self-titled movie starring alongside Tony Collette and Adam Scott. Although slightly trashy, this has to be one of my favourite Christmas movies ever. That's right, folks. I'm talking about Krampus. In many European countries, our jolly old Santa Claus that we know and love has an evil counterpart. One of these bad Christmas cops is known as Krampus, a somewhat hairy, demonic, half-goat creature with big horns and a very long tongue. Dragging chains behind him as he walks through the wintry streets, bringing with him his birch to whip the bad kids, and a basket or a sack, which he uses to kidnap children. Every year on the 5th of December in Germany, other European countries, and according to the internet, apparently here in Australia, people celebrate something called Krampusnot. This occurs on the night before the celebration of the Feast of St. Nicholas, a night where people dress up as the creature Krampus and chase children through the streets. Apparently in recent years, the tendency for these Krampuses, Krampuses, sure, we'll go with that, to destroy public property and start fights in a drunken rampage has become a little bit of an issue. Um, I don't know about you, but I have never, ever seen this practiced here in Australia. Uh, don't get me wrong. I am completely here for it. I just didn't know that we practiced it. So if you are here in, in the Great Down Under and you partake in an annual Krampus Knot activity, then make yourselves known to me because I have questions. Many questions. Up next, we have La Bafana. I first heard of La Bafana quite recently, actually, um, last year, in fact, when we were recording our Halloween special, The History of Witches with Amy Lucivero. Although it never made it into the final cut, Amy made mention to La Bafana. Um, with Amy and her husband, they're both being of Italian descent by way of Australia and Canada, respectively. They both know of stories of La Bafana. So... In Italian folklore, La Bufana is a witch who brings good children treats on the morning of the Epiphany, January 6th. But if you were bad, you're getting a lump of coal. If you're thinking that this sounds like she stole her shtick from the big man in red, then think again, because La Bufana has been flying her tattered broomstick around the world and sweeping down chimneys to deliver sweet or sooty judgment on boys and girls, long before jolly old Saint Nick. The witch has been in the Italian tradition at least since the 8th century as part of the Epiphany. In Italy, the Epiphany marks the official end of the Christmas season, commemorating the day when the three wise men arrived at the manger bearing gifts. Every year, the occasion is celebrated with living nativity scenes and a great procession through the city centres. And most exciting for the sweet toothed, the arrival of La Bafana. So, according to the story, the four figures' fates were intertwined when. 
they happened upon La Bafana early on during their quest. She charitably hosted them for an evening in her humble but cozy cottage. The next morning, the three wise men invited her to accompany them to Bethlehem. Um, but busy cleaning a home, La Bafana declined at first. But then after they carried on their way, she had second thoughts. She quickly filled a basket with gifts for the baby Jesus and set off alone. Although she followed the same star, she was unable to find the manger before the wise men did on January 6th, the Epiphany. Today, Labafana continues to travel the world on Epiphany Eve, searching every house for the child and leaving candies and chocolates for the good children and just coal for the bad ones. Up next, we have Gryla and the Yule Cat. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. In Icelandic folklore, Gryla is a giant ogre who lives in a cave. Much like Mariah Carey, she emerges during Christmas, but unlike Ms. Mariah, she isn't here to cash in her annual royalty check, no. Gryla is on the hunt for children. She kidnaps Icelandic children, takes them back to her cave, and cooks them up in a vat of stew. And Gryla is not alone. She has many companions, including her 13 unruly adult troll children, known as the Yule Lads, and the Yolkatorin. I hope I pronounced that right. That is the Yule Cat. The Yule Cat isn't your everyday lap cat. No, no. He's not here to play with your discarded wrapping paper and be all cute and fuzzy. The Yule Cat is terrifying. Let me explain. Like Satan walking among us like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, the massive Yule Cat lopes through the town in the dark, peering into the windows of children's bedrooms. The only way to save yourself from being slowly devoured by the Yule Cat is to show him that you received clothes for Christmas. Because you were good this year. If you didn't get any new clothes, you leave out your old clothes and you hope to 
God that they meet his standards. As a race, we humans really do love to instill fear into our kids to make them behave the, the way we want them to. Anyway, up next is Hans Trapp from Alsace-Lorraine in France. <laughs> Sorry about that. According to Alsatian law, Hans Trapp was a local man renowned for his greed and lack of moral principles. He used witchcraft and deals with the devil to become rich. After being excommunicated from the Catholic Church, he lost his wealth and social standing. He took to roaming the countryside disguised as a scarecrow. At some point, Hans Trapp became consumed with the idea of tasting human flesh. He lured a shepherd boy to his death and then cooked him over a fire. Before Hans Trapp could take his first bite, however, God, finally feeling that things had gone a little too far, struck him with lightning. Hans Trapp died, but he returned sometimes on Christmas, going from door to door, looking for young tasty children. Mary Lloyd, imagine this, right? It is New Year's Eve and you are a small Welsh child. You hear a knock knock on the door. Uh, You open it. Looming over you is a creature with a horse's skull wearing a long billowing cloak and trailed by people chanting. In the horse's eye cavities are fake eyeballs. Its mouth is ajar. You are paralyzed in sheer terror. As you wet yourself in fear, all the adults around you wish each other a happy new year. The Mari Lloyd is a wassailing folk custom found in South Wales. The tradition entails the use of a decorated hobby horse, which is made from a horse's skull mounted on a pole and carried by an individual hidden under a sackcloth. The custom was first recorded in 1800, with subsequent accounts of it being produced into the early 20th century. According to these accounts, the Murray Lloyd was a tradition performed at Christmas time by groups of men who would accompany the horse on its travels around the local area. And although the makeup of such groups varied, they typically included an individual to carry the horse, a leader, and individuals dressed as stock characters, such as Punch and Judy. The men would carry the Mary Lloyd to to local houses where they would request entry through song. The householders would be expected to deny them entry again through song, and the two sides would continue their responses to one another in this manner. If the householders eventually relented, the team would be permitted to gain entry and given food and drink. To me, this sounds so much worse than regular caroling. Um, I mean, I'm totally here for a decorated hobby horse, maybe not the skull and the fake eyes, um, but being expected to have to sing back to the carolers. No, thank you. Good afternoon, sir. Please leave. Now, have you ever heard of Frau Perchter? Frau Perchter isn't as well known as, say, 
Krampus, but this Christmas time goddess, witch, all around terrifying gal, deserves a lot more recognition for her efforts. She's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria, but relatively under the radar elsewhere. Frau Birchter was also known as Birchter or Bertha and has also been called Spinstubinfrau or Spinning Room Lady. She is often depicted with a beaked nose made from iron, dressed in rags, perhaps carrying a cane, and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. But this old crone packs a mighty wallop and carries a long knife hidden under her skirt. I mean, it's tough being a woman. Frau Perchter also bears a resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Frigga, and both of them share one obsession in common, which is spinning. Not the Stevie Nicks kind. (laughs) Um, And also they greatly appreciate domestic neatness generally. Uh, Frankly, she's pretty judgy about the state of your home for a woman who dresses in rags. Legend has it that you'd better get all of your flax spun by the 12th night, January 6th. And what Frau perched as punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all of their weaving? In Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Perchter trampling and even setting fire to the half-spun fibres. And if you really, really irritate her, like, say, not only is your flax not spun, but your house is also a total mess and you failed to leave out, like, a traditional bowl of porridge for her, well, then the rampaging will extend far beyond your spinning room. She'll do nothing less than sneak into your bedroom disembowel you and replace your guts with rocks and straw. Now, with only two creepy Christmas characters left to go, allow me to introduce you all to the Kalikanzari. From Christmas Day until the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th, Greeks watch over their homes, especially carefully, Looking for moved items or stolen Christmas goodies, that's because, according to Greek folklore, the Kilikanzari are goblins who spend most of the year underground trying to bring about the apocalypse by destroying the roots of the trees that hold up our planet. During Advent, they come out into human territory to cause mischief and evil. They are sometimes described as black furry creatures with tusks and horns. They are usually male and for some reason described as being grotesquely well endowed. On January 6th, the Epiphany, which commemorates both the day the wise men visited Jesus, acknowledging that he was the son of God and the day that Jesus was later baptized, the Kilikanzaria forced off the planet and return back down to the base of the tree of life to see that it has been healed. They therefore must start their dastardly work all over again. Although they've always had a negative connotation, Kilikanzari are now considered to be festive tricksters rather than evil spirits. 
Now, dear listeners, our final entry into this creepy Christmas special. Allow me to introduce you to Pere Fouettard, otherwise known as Father Whipper. So this story originates in Europe, predominantly France, Belgium and Switzerland, and features our old mate, Saint Nick, you know, Santa Claus, and it's a dark cameo for the usually jolly fella. Now, it's worth noting that there are a few versions of this story, and I'm going to tell this one. So Père Fouettard was an evil butcher who kidnapped three lost children, murdered them by slitting their throats carved up the children and put their meat in a salting tub. Alas, St. Nicholas turned up at the door and discovered the crime. The butcher attempted to ingratiate himself to his saintly visitor by offering him the best meat. Instead, old St. Nick uh, resurrected the boys from the dead and sent them back to their parents. Seeing an opportunity for the butcher to repent his sins, St. Nick forced Pierre Fouettard into bondage as his eternal cannibal manservant. It's all a bit kinky. Known as Father Whipper. And let's just say his job description is to follow St. Nick around and deal with the problem children. Hmm. Based on kids' behaviour today... I guess this cannibal isn't going hungry anytime soon. So guys, that is a wrap on this year's Christmas special. I hope you've had fun exploring the creepy characters and traditions of Christmases from around the world. Obviously, there are so many more stories and traditions out there, but these were some of my favorite, which I wanted to share with you guys. Links to all of the articles and websites I used to research and create this episode can be found in the show notes for you. Remember to follow the pod on the socials, excuse me, underscore pod, and keep up to date with everything that I'm up to on my Instagram at Sean Phillip Official. Tune in to my other show, The Wind Up, on YouTube or wherever you stream your podcasts as myself and good friend of the show microphone recap the latest episodes of drag race and follow my new account at excuse me underscore productions for the latest news on what is coming next for excuse me thanks again guys for tuning in and remember you've still got a couple of days left to get back on that nice list and steer clear of some of these terrifying christmas nasties merry christmas to you guys Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.